Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Genesis. We're going to start our service with a few songs. So if you're here, would you stand with us? You broke my chains of sin and shame, and you covered me with grace. You mend my life with your holy fire, and you cover me with grace. You are the hand that reaches out to save. And I am set free, oh, oh, I am set free, oh, oh, it is for freedom that I am set free. You broke my chains of sin. to say and I am set free oh, oh, oh I am set free oh, oh it is for freedom that I am set free I am set free and I am set free oh
and I am set free. Oh, I am set free. Oh, it is for freedom that I am set free. Amen. Um, this next song we're going to sing is. Uh, a favorite of mine, but there's one line in here I just wanted to um, talk about for one second. Uh, the line in the chorus of this next song says, you make all things work together for my future and my good. And I know that's a, that's a heavy line to sing. Uh, some folks might say, hey, yes, that is my experience. I'm living that right now. Um, others might say, I'm not experiencing that yet. And so I just want to make some space. If that's the line that you want to sing full-throated, please do. But if you want to just sit back and let others sing that or let others express their faith on your behalf, please feel free to do that as well because everyone's in a different spot in their life. And if you're not realizing that fully or experiencing it, um, please know there's space for you here even as we all sing this together. In my mother's womb, you formed me with your hands, known and loved by you. Before I took a breath, when I doubted, Lord, remind me, I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter, I'm the canvas and the clay. And you make all things work together for my future and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory and for your There's a healing light just beyond the clouds. Though I've walked through fire, I see clearly now and I know nothing has been wasted. No failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. And you make all things work together for my future and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory and for your name. You make all things work together for my future and for my good you make all things work together for your glory and for your name 
when I doubt it, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay, and I know nothing has been wasted, no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay, and you make all things work together for my future. And for my good, you make all things work together for your glory. And for your name, you're not finished with me, you're not finished with me yet, you're not finished with me, you're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. Good morning, church family. My name's Deb McCormick, and I'm going to lead, um, sometimes we call it testimony time, but um, also time where maybe this week or recently, you've just, you know that it was just um, God's presence at that moment, at that time. And um, if you have some of those uh, times or moments that you'd like to share with us, now would be a great time. If you wanna come forward to me, and then we can get everybody on camera and people on Zoom and Facebook can see us all. Um, and I'll start out. So the, um, the scripture, um, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, the golden rule, right? Um, and um, there's a friend of ours that we grew up with and my husband's known him since they were in first grade. And, Moved down to Florida, been down there a while, and he misses everybody. And um, one day last week, he says, he was texting or calling with Chris, and he said, uh, all in one day, and he's naming off the friends that he talked to that day. And I just thought um, how grateful I am for friendships, especially lifelong friendships, and that we're to treat people the way we'd like to be treated. Um, and also, if there's times that, um, we know one of our friends are struggling and, and maybe um, their faith isn't as strong as it once was or and for that moment to come alongside people and um, support them in those times um, to support that faith. I mean, that's, that's, what we're, that's what the Lord gives us each other for. That's why we're here. Um, so yeah, any, anyone have something they'd like to share this morning? We'll start with Ken. 
Good morning, church. I'm Ken. Um, I just wanted to share. This morning, there's a, you guys might know, a singer-songwriter named Matthew West. And I really like listening to his music. And there, he's got a song called Love on the Radio. And um, one of the lines in that song is, is, does every song have to be about Jesus? And he says, yes, yes, it does. Because I sing about love on the radio. And I just, I just love that song. And I got in the car this morning. And I turned on Pandora, which is my station with that. And that song came on. And I was just so thankful. So thanks, thanks to God. <laughs> Good morning, church. My name is Tony. Uh, I just want to say this week was a pretty good week, and it was good to have a pretty good week. As everybody uh, finishes up summer and everyone goes back to school, I hope everybody can have a good week next week. Praise God. That's right. Mine is almost exactly that. I got kids that went to fourth, sixth, twelfth, and last year of college this year. And so that was a whole bunch of transitions, and they all went smoothly, which is totally an answer to prayer because, you know, going into sixth grade does not have to go smoothly. And Tim had to drive to campus for the first time, and that went smoothly. And so those are all thank you, Jesuses. Yeah, for sure. This is great. So I work at Lifetime Gym in, um, in Rochester on Avon Road. A couple days ago, we're slow, I'm folding towels, and um, the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know the singer Adele? And I said, yeah, I know her. You know her pretty well too. So um, I just felt God say that she's going to come to the Lord very soon, and he is after her. Um, God's going to use her miraculously for people that are well-known in the world, and I'm just saying that to say let's intercede over her, that angels would be around her, and that the right kind of um, you know, like-minded Christians would be around her, and that God would just open her eyes, and that God would just like that verse, his face would shine upon her, God's favor, God's love, and um, I've continued to pray for her, but this is just super exciting to see God saying, I'm after her, and she's going to come to me very soon, so thank you. All right, anyone else this morning? Okay. Um, at this time, I'd like to release the, the kids to the um, treehouse and sell it right back to Nikki back there. All right, as the kids uh, exit out the back, we'll do one more song together. Uh, this last song is called 10,000 Reasons, and, and this seemed like a fitting follow-on to our testimony time. Uh, we have a lot of reasons to bless the Lord and be grateful. Thank you. 
The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing with the get me twice in one, it's really loud, you get me twice in one day. 
Uh, I get to do announcements today. Good morning. My name is Manya. I'm part of the Family Ministries team here. Um, take a minute to fill out the green card and let us know you're here. You could do that either by the actual green card that might be in the pew in front of you or uh, by going to the website genesisthechurch.org and filling out a green card there. If you're new to Genesis or you just aren't getting texts from us yet, you can text 94000 and it'll sign you up to get texts from us. They are not obnoxious. If you've signed up at the store where like if you give them your phone number and then they'll send you coupons and they send you coupons every day at 9 a.m., we don't do that. You get like two a week. One when you're sitting in here that says, hey, welcome, click on this to do your green card. And another one during the week that says, how can we pray for you? It's pretty easy. Um, and then another one usually on Sundays that says, hey, this is something fun that's going on that you could be involved in. Um, so if I just took the scary out of that, you're welcome. Um, today we're eating together after the service. It was a bring your own but sometimes even when it's a bring your own, there's extra. So hang around a little bit and see if there's extra and hang out and eat. Um, back to school. Okay, here we go. Out in the lobby, Bo made us a bulletin board, a good old fashioned one that looks like you're in a classroom. And it's got a section for pre-K, elementary school, middle school, high school, college. And then there also are little cards out there on the table next to it for you to put a prayer request. Could be a prayer request for your kid, for your grandkid, for yourself, for children in general. Um, but to just write them out, stick them up there. Um, and then it's a spot for you guys to walk around in the next month or two. Look at that board, pray for some things. If you want to be really specific, my kid with this name, with this specific thing, go for it. If you want to be kind of vague, pray for middle schoolers and their safety. Go for it. Whatever it is you need to do to stick it up there. And then when you walk in in the morning, when you walk out in the afternoon, stop and take a look, put some prayers up. On the note of children, you get me today. Um, we are still recruiting for fall for children's ministry. I have spots for all of you. Um, like if you look at my calendar, it actually looks pretty great. And if you want to hold a baby once a month, I will put you to work. If you want to help in preschool, we can help in preschoolers. If you want to actually get in and get to know kids and lead a small group, either for kindergarten, no, for second and third graders, for middle schoolers, for high schoolers, I can put you to work. Um, we have really, really great kids. They are a lot of fun to be with. And you get a chance to take all the things that you're learning in here and when you spend time with Jesus all by yourself and speak that truth to them, over them, show them that they're loved and they can love to be here um, with people who love Jesus. So if you want any of that or you want more information, you can come and talk to me. You can also come and talk to me and then say no. Right, Justin? <laughs> you can come and talk to me and do it once and never do it again. Like there is, we got really low, like come check us out, see what you think, see if it's the spot that God wants you. And then you can say no to me and still come to church and not be embarrassed or feel weird. Deal? Awesome. I'm looking forward to talking to lots of you. Have a great service, there's something. Uh, are we doing connection? We're doing connection. Get up and make all the extroverts happy and talk to them. Thank you.
got no problem the handheld here. A, a couple of things to clarify. Well, oh well, one, uh, school has is started for some in two weeks, one week, some starts on Tuesday. Tuesday morning, we're having a back-to-school coffee, and so if you've got a drop-off, you've got a, a, a child in school, you don't have a child in school, but you want to come for coffee and and uh, maybe some baked goods. That's on Tuesday morning from 8 to 10. Just pop in here to the lobby. Would love to be with you. Would love to be with you and see you. I don't know if that's this microphone. But that's happening on this coming Tuesday morning. The other one is that Manya said beautifully that I created that board out there. I did not. Uh, I asked, Jess created the beautiful board, Vicky created the beautiful tags, and it's just a chance to pray. One of the things that we're trying to create more opportunity for this year is, is just prayer, to, to emphasize it, to create space for it, to encourage it. And so if you've got a prayer, a need, anxious, or you know somebody who's anxious, or, I mean, I, I talked to so many parents this last week, and from either... Some friends have twin boys, and they're separating them. They're both going into different classes, and they're anxious about that. And we are anxious about harvest in school, or you've got a teacher friend who's, who's struggling. So whatever it might be, take, take a moment, use that stapler, staple up the prayer request. You can put it anywhere within those columns, but it's just a way to be praying. Josiah, I loved your prayer. You're talking about, hey, let's be praying for Adele. Right? My wife, Carmel, prayed faithfully for... Um, the talk show host, oh my gosh, I had his name in my head until um, the 90s. Huge. Um, nighttime, late, late show. David Letterman. Thank you, oh my word. Look, she prayed regularly for David Letterman, and look what's happened. Uh, we don't know what's happened, right? But, <laughs> but we know this, regardless of who's being prayed for, God God hears and moves. Who isn't God in pursuit of? And so pray. Pray for Adele. I love that. And we want to encourage, like, yeah, pray. Pray, pray. And when you can't, we hope there's people around you who are praying. Because there's moments when we can't, when we don't have it. So know that we're, we're looking for those opportunities just to encourage, encouraging us to be praying. So whether it's David Letterman, Adele, your neighbor, your animals, what, whatever it is, God hears those. He hears it. So may we continue to lift our voices. All right, I think those were all my things before, before we go. We're, we're teaching through our values. We've got six plus a bonus one that we're going to be trying to affirm this year that's not on the board out there. So for the next seven weeks, we're going to be talking about our values. And values are this, this. There's just like, hey, this is our shared corporate behavior. Or this is our shared, as a community, we say, this is who we are, and this is how we're going to live. These aren't aspirational. Uh, sometimes we want to grow in them, but they're saying, no, this is, this is who we are. This is how we function. I remember a friend talking about values, and they said values are, um, the best way they described them was like a family going on a road trip in their car, and they're going to drive across the country. Anybody done a cross-country vacation with more than just yourself? And they say, how do you make it there and still love each other? 
It's hard. And that's where your values come in. How are we going to behave on our way? How are we going to behave on our way? And so that's what these are. And so we talk about them, and we want to celebrate them. We want to hold them high. So we're, we're starting with our values. We're going to go through them. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to, we're going to lift them up there saying, oh, this is who we are and how, we're, how we are living. And we share these collectively. So it's always fun to kind of go over them. So the value for this morning. Pull up my notes. Every person is a masterpiece. That is our value for today. Everyone is a masterpiece. And so the value is up there. We'll throw that up there. This is the value. Would you read it with me? Each person is created in the image of God, entrusted with creative and spiritual gifts. We are each called upon to make a unique and humble contribution in the body of Christ. So everyone is a masterpiece. And the opening line from this value of how we're going to live and how we are is from the opening chapters, from the origin stories of creation in Genesis 1. Created in the image of God. Created in the likeness of God. Everyone with the fingerprints upon them of God's, marking them. So that's Genesis chapter 1 and these, these beautiful, the beautiful narratives of, of this chapter of God sort of creating it. How of you read it? Poetry, narrative, it's the story the origin stories as God is the creator, going through it all and again and again in these narratives saying, it's good. It's good. It's good. God taking this initiative and making. And so let me read the, first, the, the last few verses of Genesis chapter 1 at verse 27 to 31. And God continues to say it's good over all this creation that God has birthed into being or spoke into being. And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food and all the wild animals, or for all the wild animals and birds of the sky and the small animals that scurry along the life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. God created human beings in his image and says, it is good. So in this creative process, God says it's good five times and found it very good on the sixth day. And we need to know that this is this, this wonderful thing called life comes out of God's goodness. God's creation was his doing. And in the beginning, the creation, was go it was going someplace good because it came from goodness. And in this, God blesses it all. There's a number of authors that talk about the original blessing. 
The first word upon creation of humanity was blessing. God blessed them and said, flourish, flourish, go, run. Oh, live in this, experience the life of it, care for it, take care of things. But he blessed them and spoke blessing over them. And he spoke over all of humanity and all creation and said it was good. So we're created in this manner with God's blessing upon us, speaking over us. Some of us, we, we, you, we, it's not, we experience another voice pretty early in the process that speaks over us and says, you're not good. You weren't created good. You're insufficient. You're flawed. You're less than. This is not because of our sin or brokenness. These are other voices that are undermining the mark of God who speaks over us with the God's blessing and say, come to me. There's voices and people. Some of those people were our parents, or those who raised us, who continued to speak out against us, undermining these beautiful truths of what God was wanting to pour into us. And for so many, that's the voice that we think what God speaks over us and over humanity. But the beautiful part of Jesus is that Jesus came to definitively, with utter clarity, show us what God was like. Jesus came in so many ways to change our mind about God. He said, I'm going to show you what God's like. So you might have some images in your head that are not true. I'm going to set you straight. I will show you. Well, guys, you have thought this, but I'm going to tell you this. Jesus has come to change our mind about God. And in these beautiful stories that are accounted for us, we have those where, where God is being seen. One of my favorites when it comes to changing our minds about God, about seeing these things differently, about God speaking over our identity with blessing. And in this, our image of God changes, but also the image of creation changes, and the image of all other people change in our minds when our image of God changes. And so this is in Matthew 3. This is early in this story. Jesus hasn't really done a thing. He's not being affirmed because he has hit all the boxes of being the perfect child, the favorite student of the teacher, the best kid at rabbi, rabbinical school or Jewish school or whatever it is. Now Jesus goes and he's going to be immersed in the water. And he's baptized. And no one understands why or for what for, but he says it must be. And he goes to the waters to be baptized and as he's in there, he is dunked and immersed into ours. It comes out and a dove descends upon him. A sign of the presence of God, a sign of the anointing. You know, the way of saying the Messiah of Jesus. And then the Father speaks. And don't let this be lost. But here's what the Father says. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. 
that line is so profound, is so rich, is so deep. And, and many of us, when we read the Bible, we're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Jesus. He's, Jesus is the only one who that's spoken over. That's not actually, this isn't actually a pattern. I beg to tell you, it's absolutely a pattern. It's a pattern of what the Father does over his children, speaks blessing. God blesses us. This is what the Father speaks. You are my beloved child, and you bring me joy just in your being, just with who you are. And anyone who, is, who has had the opportunity to be around children or to birth a child or to adopt a child or to have a niece or a nephew or to have a child that you've got a chance to connect to richly, you can see the joy that they, that they, that they are in their being. This isn't based upon performance. This isn't like, well, you've done a few more bad things than good, so you're not really bringing me all that much joy anymore. No, it's regardless of this, they bring joy. And it, I believe that this story is told to show us that Jesus would be like, oh, let me show you this relationship of father and child, of God and child. Let me show you the blessing that God has over his creation to speak over. You're my child. You bring me joy. That's what it is to bless. That's what it is to be created in the image of God. God being our maker, our creator. And Jesus said, when you pray to this God, you say, Father. So on, on birthdays, I, I, I do my best to call or remind. I did it for a year or so, call, trying to call parents and saying, hey, pray this. Bless your child. Do what the Father did. You're my child. You bring me joy. You're my child. Look at him. I delight in you. What would it have been like what would it be like for you to experience that regularly? Where the Father would speak over you, where God would speak that over you. You bring me joy. I delight in you. I made you. I formed you. It's the heart of a father. So just to practice this, just to hear it, would you, would you turn to the closest person to you. Now some kin, I don't know who you're going to turn to. I don't know if you're going to measure it out or what. Um, but would love to move. But if, if, we can, if you can look somebody in the eyes, and we'll just say the statement. You're a child of God. And you bring him joy. And then you say it to the person back to him. You are a child of God. And you bring him joy. Or you bring God joy. So turn to someone close and look them in the eyes. Nate's going to play with that real, can I undo it? 
to live in that kind of reality. Each person created in the likeness of God, marked in that way, God speaking blessing over us. And this is God speaking us and others. Our image of God changes as Jesus directs it in the parables. Maybe it doesn't change, but it gives beautiful clarity. And I love this when I think about the God who's coming to bless. Jesus told so many stories, and he tells these stories so we would remember them. One of the most pointed stories of the relationship of God as the Father and us as children is the story of the wandering son, the prodigal son. And as the son wanders off, goes his own way, not towards life, but towards death. Does anyone delight in that? No. Is God saying, oh, that's, that's great decisions? No. God lets us go our ways because he loves us and gives us freedom. And those ways may lead to death and brokenness because they're going against the grain of love, against God's desires. That doesn't celebrate it or call that good, but it doesn't undermine the joy that God has for his, for his creation and for his people and the longing. And so when the son finally comes to his senses and that two sentence, those two words that could be for every one of us coming to our senses is this, go home, go home. That's the call of God to us. Oh, go home, go home to your father. And he comes to his senses. And when he is still a long way off, the father runs to him, celebrates him, cherishes him, celebrates his life, and throws a party for the son that was lost and found. Why? Because it's a deeply loved son created in the likeness of God. And so God celebrates so this value, and all was created, every person is a masterpiece, is this beautiful one of having eyes to see correctly. That we would see how God views people, how God views us, delighting in us with joy and love and pursuing us, allowing us to go our own way, but inviting us into the way of love, into his life. Go home and be with God. And it's also about seeing others. So we would view everyone in this way. Oh, they're a masterpiece. They're a masterpiece. It's not always about the performance of how they're living, but they are a masterpiece with the image of God upon them. And they were meant, they were created with these beautiful gifts and talents and life that were meant to be expressed and used to just to be themselves in this world as God created them. And our hope is for all of us to live in that reality. One, one final teaching, is, one final scripture as we look at that idea of what this, what this value consists of. Because it does consist of God putting his mark upon us, God's delight upon us. Each of us just loved our being. And each of us bringing God joy and delighting on us as his, as his creation. Longing for us to come home. And to be united with God and God's purposes and God's family, knowing that love and remaining there, trusting in God's love, receiving that grace, which is God's essence of sorts. 
But in Ephesians 2, this language of masterpiece is brought in in this writing of Paul, and it says this, God has saved you by his grace when you believed. The Orthodox Church, when they mention grace, they call it um, the uncreated energies of God, which is this really interesting expression of this. This is a part of what comes from God. It's not created. This comes out of God's essence, which is his love. His uncreated energies is God's grace. Unmerited favor, a lot of times there's another way grace is being described, but out of God comes this grace, this energy of God's love that is towards us. So God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. So no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. So if anyone is going to boast, God is going to boast. And God is boasting over you, his work. I love that song that that John sang for us because it's like, is there more to be done in us? Is God at work within each of us, loving us and forming us and shaping and encouraging us as we live this life? Absolutely. But he boasts over us in his family as his masterpiece. God's work being completed and created. That we could step into the good that God has for us. So may we say yes to God's life over us May we agree with others and see them as the masterpieces which they are. Knowing that God is at work in them for good that he has planned long ago. There is no one, as Josiah brought up, that God is not pursuing for this. That they would be made anew in Jesus. And so everyone is a masterpiece. So what does this look like to live this? And so here in my last closing minutes... I want to celebrate a few people who live this. So let me get back. What does this look like? I had a list of some people, and there's a few that are here, and then a few are not, but the majority of you live this value. But what does it look like? So one was, she's not here, her name is Kristen. Kristen has been coming for maybe... uh, I don't know, a month and a half. And Kristen, her first Sunday was one of the Sundays that we were filling out those cards for Barton Towers the second time and stamping them this time so we could send them over there and invite uh, that Barton Towers is a senior center directly across the street. And we were sending them over there to invite whoever would want an invitation to come and eat, just to be loved. We've, we've got some friends who attend here from the Barton Towers and say there's, lo- there's lonely people there. So we said, oh, well, let, let's try to send an invite. And we put Polaroid pictures in them. But Kristen helped to fill those out the first Sunday. The next Sunday, she has to come back because she wants to see, does anybody come? Because if they come, she wants to welcome them. That's why she came. She wanted them to be seen. Do you know 
how many people came that first Sunday? One. And do you know who saw them and pulled them next to them? Kristen. She pulled that person in and sat with them so they would know they were valuable and seen. That was her second Sunday. <laughs> Not that that, you all know that going to church, that like, you know, just because you sat in a pew all your life actually doesn't maybe translate into looking like Jesus. <laughs> the things that translates into looking like Jesus is actually living like Jesus and doing what he says. But it's amazing. So I was gonna, I was calling out Kristen to be like, Kristen, you're living that value. That's the value. This value is exuded in her because she has eyes to see the people. And Kristen says, yeah, there's a story there. I got a story for, for older people because they're seen not as masterpieces in our context and our culture. As you get older, you're less than a masterpiece. Correct? And so Jesus speaks something different for his church and for his people. So I loved that. So Kristen was doing that. And the other person who isn't here is, is Norm. And Norm does, uh, has a landscaping business that he has built over the last few years. And it was even last week there was somebody in need who was here and leaving town and needed to do something. Anytime there's a need for someone in that context, I'll be like, Norm, this person is in a jam. Could, could you go, could, could you take your people, could you go over there and, and, and help them? And he's always like, absolutely. Every time. I probably even do it wrong because usually the person is standing right next to me and I ask him. So that's kind of really weird and I probably should do it differently. But Norm has just been, he's just like, he's like, yeah. And when he's doing so, he's speaking to them. Saying, oh, let me serve you. Let me love you. You're worthy of this. You're a masterpiece. Your needs are a big deal. And I can step in and help. It's living that value. It's when you're loving somebody in that way. It's saying, oh, you're, you're, you're a masterpiece. And part of it is, is Norm doing something that he's, he's good at, too. And using that. So I, I loved that for him. I had a few others who... I shot this out to some of our elders and our staff team. And I said, hey, who, who are you seeing who lives this value of, of a masterpiece? And for any of you guys who have been here very long, you know this. I mean, Andrew is somebody who exudes this in his being as far as, one, being able to embrace God, what God has spoken over him and also giving this to others of saying, oh, you are a masterpiece. And so, Andrew, you live this value beautifully. And so we affirm you. We celebrate you in the way that you are and say, oh, it is beautiful. So because you have those beautiful eyes to see things the way that you do, this is a, um, this is a, you can paint your own rock kit. And so you can paint this rock, because I know you, you, you see things so beautifully. So maybe you'll be able to paint the way that God has given you the, the ability to see things. May you have fun and paint that. But we celebrate you. Thank you for showing us how to live this value. You are awesome. Yeah, b believe me, of, of many of our values, Andrew was going to, like, I mean, for all of life is worship, my word, you know. 
Um, the other person that Nate sent in was Jesse Nevelt with his words that he's speaking over. The other people that Dan Buttry was speaking to was Liv McLaughlin and the way that she lives in this world and engages uh, people around her in seeing that and seeing others and giving and, and the way that she serves other people. It's very much like Norm of saying, oh, they're a masterpiece. They're beautiful. I want to give myself to that. Uh, the other person is Marty, Marty Hill. Marty is here. Marty, come up here, friend. I've got something for you. It's a paint-your-own-rock kit. <laughs> Marty sees things beautifully, too. Right? He's got that sight. Because this is just what it is. This is having God's eyes to see. So this is your paint-your-own-rock kind of kit because you have that ability to see and to create, to make beautiful things, and to see the value in things. And so when I was throwing this out, this Dan Buttry sent me back, and I'm going to read to you what he said. So you can just, I love this, because this is a celebrating people. Celebrating people. And then believe me, we could pause for all of us and celebrate each other. So let's, let's hear Marty be celebrated by Dan. We see him leading music. And his story reminds me of the Japanese art made of broken pieces of pottery. He has been through difficult challenges and rejections, yet God has done something beautiful with his life so that we see strength, faith, joy, and grace. So we celebrate you, friend, for living out this value. Thank you for showing us how to live it as well. As you see people who are masterpieces, you live it, you embrace that and receive it. Believing what the Father is speaking over you and over others. Well done. One other person, and she's not in here today. She, I, I haven't seen the Tallman family. They're teachers. Libby's 10 years old. And when I think about this value, she saw something on one of our cards, our green card. And she was like, hey, this, this isn't hospitable um, for people. And it was, I don't, I don't, I think we've, we've changed it. We've tried to. We meant to, but, but Libby was like saying, hey, um, we get that you're gonna, you're gonna invite people to identify even gender here in the community. And some are like, yeah, no big deal. It's not an issue for me. But for others, that, that creates a stumbling. It, it sends them spinning. Even early on, and she was like, why are you doing that? You don't need to. It's not actually like, you know, and she's like, this, just for somebody who might want to be coming in and engage in Jesus who's struggling with this, you don't, you don't need to do that. This is a 10-year-old. Um, and so he's kind of, and she kind of wrote it, and it was some strong, she, it was with some chutzpah. She was like chastising us. And I saw it and was like, you're right. This isn't about a, what we might think or feel about all this. It, it's not about engaging a conversation around, around that. It's like saying that just some things aren't necessary. And you're like, in this moment on that car, that's not necessary. And it could create a stumbling block for somebody who is a masterpiece. But in that moment, within that, for some, they, with, within those parts, is, is such a pain that all they see is the wound and not the masterpiece which God has created them to be. And so in that, even so, we heard that and I saw that. And it's like, oh, Libby, you're seeing people. 
You're seeing someone who's engaged in a very difficult, difficult situation. And you, you, want, you want them to feel loved and not to stumble. You want them to encounter Jesus and have that place. And we affirm that. And so if Libby were her, I would give her a paint, a rock kit as we celebrate. So part of this is living this value, and this value is being lived by, one, us being able to embrace and receive the love of God, and God speaking over us, saying, you're a masterpiece. You're good. You bring me joy. And for some of us, those are really hard things to receive from God. But we have a God who speaks those things. And not just over us, over all of his creation. Speaks that, calling these created ones home. And each of us want to say yes to that. Inviting people to see God for who God is. And to the extent that God would pursue someone and love them and give his life to them. That is the value. May we continue to live this value. May we continue to celebrate people that we see living this value in the way they see others, in the way they love others, because this is what Jesus did. So may that be. So Father, would you give us eyes to see? Would you, Lord, meet the wounds that we have that, that have created obstacles in our own hearts to be loved by you, to be served by you, to be forgiven completely and fully by you, to be embraced by you, to, to feel at home with you, to be able to sit and allow you to speak your words of love and kindness over us, because we're not comfortable with your grace and your kindness and your goodness. We're much more comfortable with earning it and pleasing you by our performance. Bring your healing in those deep spots so may we be able to receive it and believe it. And as we have that view changed of ourselves and of you, may our view of others change as well. That we would be able to see them with a light of compassion and love and beauty and kindness as the masterpiece which they are. Give us those eyes, Lord. Amen. We, um, I forgot to have everybody take the communion elements. Well, luckily there's only like 30 of us. So we can do this. So if you're on Facebook or on Zoom and you, you can grab a piece of bread or uh, a, a, a beverage of some kind, we're going to do this. We've got some communion pieces right there in a wicker basket. We've got some in the back. Can I have some people grab some of those and just start handing them around? So we're going to do this and then we're going to send you out. We're going to go. If you've planned to stay or if you want to stay and just be with people, uh, we're going to be eating here in the lobby, just pulling up tables and chairs. If you brought a sack lunch, come there. But feel free just to hang out and talk, even if you don't want to eat, but you want to just spend time with people. So that
invitation is out to, to be here. Uh, next month, we'll make it a little bit bigger, but we knew that being Labor Day, it would be harder um, with all of that for the cleanup and things. So we made it really simple. But, but next, next month, we will, on the first Sunday, we will blow out a meal together. So does everybody have a... Jim is passing it through. We freely invite you to be able to take along, um, but there's no pressure. But know that you're invited to participate in the same way you're invited to participate here and eat and sit around a table in a shared meal. This is one of the expressions that the church in many different forms takes to partake in being, remembering what Jesus did when he sat with his disciples and shared a meal with them and served them and washed their feet and told them, you're clean. Clean because I've, I say you're clean. So you don't need, I, you, you, it. and then he invited them to eat. He spoke his words over, even though they're going to betray him. And he took these symbols, and he had bread, and they had wine. Okay, I'm going to put down the microphone to get out my little wafer. Got it. And so Jesus took bread and he broke it and he passed it to his disciples and says, this is my body which is broken for you. To the extent of it, as humanity does it's what it does, when God comes in flesh, it kills him. And Jesus shows the extent of his broken body. He says, yeah, I will not retaliate. It is broken for you. And he hands this and he breaks it to them and he says, eat. Eat of me in my life. So all the broken places in this world, all the broken spots, even all the fractures that seem like are in us, may we hear Jesus' invitation to eat of him in his life, finding his life in us. So would you take and eat? And Jesus took wine and he blessed it. And he offered it to all his disciples. And he said, oh, this, this wine, this toast, the, this, this is, is a drink. It's a sign of the new covenant of my blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Even unto death, Jesus said, oh, I will show you the extent of my love. Show you the extent of of my forgiveness. So even as Jesus is on the cross, one of the most profound statements in the scriptures, he sees there being ridiculed, mocked, spit upon, and giving his life, 
he speaks these words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Gracious words of God's love for us. There's a covenant of the forgiveness of sins. Our God is gracious and forgives us. It says receive that forgiveness. Extend it to others. If you've wronged others, make it right with them. Go to them. Let's be peacemakers. But Father, we praise you for the extent of your love. We praise you for your love, for your blood, and for this drink that you have given us. This relationship that is so strong that we are steady because you love us and forgive us. We're not booted. We're not asked to leave. You delight in us. You say, come home and stay here. We say, thank you, God, for your love and your forgiveness. And then we drink. Thank you, God. May we be strengthened by the reality of your life, death, and resurrection. May we have strength this week as we live to believe your love, to allow that love to fill us, to walk with us and to be in us. May that love that is Jesus overflow from us in this world, and may you, God, be praised. Amen. God bless you. Feel free to stay after and eat. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and then we'll hit the next value next week.